All of a sudden, from around that little corner, I see these neon green figures floating towards me. And he said, what is that? And I moved the branch and I looked and it was this big, hairy something. It was the weirdest feeling and I just was like, I just want to get out of here. It was so real to me and nobody believed me. She started saying, I don't want to go upstairs because of the ghosts. The ghosts are up there. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF. This is the Ghost Story Podcast, and it's all about creepy stories, but told by the people who experience them. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fiss. I'm Rebecca Black. And we need to update on something that we talked about on the last episode. So listen, if you haven't listened to the other ones, please go back and check them out. Yeah. This is episode six, so episode five is what we're coming off Mm -hmm. of, specifically the ants and lights. Yes. Which people got amped about. Yeah, they did. It was so, because it's a good story, right? It it was. And I got to say, Melissa was an awesome storyteller. She yes, was she was. Freaking adorable. Yes. And lots of people have been asking about the ants and lights, and Rebecca was going to do some additional research I on did, it. I did. I did. I actually, I'm really proud of myself. I did like a lot of research you on this. You typed it I up. did. Which, that never happened. I know, because normally you bring your little <laughs> notes on the little puppy dog. My hand scratch. Yeah, yeah. So I'm proud of you, too. You're thank all grown you, up. Thank you very much. Basically, what I found out is that there are actually two different stories behind the ants and lights thing about what happened, what, okay. what the possibility of the light could be. And one of them is very similar to the story that Melissa told where um, a woman um, was using a lantern to look for her son. Mm-hmm. But in this scenario, it's it's her three sons and she would send them out at night, I guess, to a chop wood. Why you would do that, I don't know. But if there was an emergency, they had a lantern and they were supposed to flash it three times at the house so that she could come out to like save them or rescue them. Right. Okay. So what happens is she sends the boys out, all three of them one night, something bad goes down. We don't know what they flash the lantern light three times. Mom comes running out with her lantern. And when she gets there, she's too late. All three boys have been murdered. That's horrible. It's a horrible story, right? Right. So the theory is, is that when you flash your headlights on the car three times, the mom's spirit looking for her, she's running out to save her boys. Oh, that's so sick. Yeah, Isn't it horrible? That that really is. But I love that we know something specific as the fact that she's flashing it three times. Yes. But we don't know how the boys died. They're just right. horrifically murdered. Horrifically murdered. Yeah. I know. I wish I had more details on that, but nobody goes into any more further right. than that. And then I found another story is that a young boy uh, got lost in a snowstorm. And his mother, in grief, went out searching in the night with a lantern. Both of them never return in the snow. Do you have to burp again? I'm burping again. Don't look at me. <laughs> we have this free kombucha here. And so I, I drink the kombucha and then I burp. <laughs> I'll the podcast, so forgive me. Keep going. So she's looking for the boy in the snowstorm. Yeah, so, she, so they both go out, never to return again, and apparently the ants and light is the illumination from her lamp still searching for her son in the night, which is just as sad as the murdery which one. Which is because horrible. Because in this case, he freezes to death. Right. That's well, awful. We know that that's not necessarily the case. No, because, not at all. Because I Googled it and saw of that course. Unsolved Mysteries yes. did something, and I didn't yes. watch it. I didn't want because I didn't want to know. Well, I'm glad that you went to Unsolved Mysteries. That's what way more reputable source than where I went. I went to YouTube because I feel like if there's a video about it, it must be true. Yeah. And I will tell you, there are plenty of ants and like videos. However, they only show 
the second half of the lights. They don't show the flashing of the headlights first and then waiting on the appearance to happen. They only show like what they're seeing on the other side. And in all the cases that I see on YouTube, it's two lights, not one. And Melissa specifically said every time she's gone, which is five times, it's been one light. One light, yeah. One light just staggering off in the distance. And she said it was like, what, maybe 30 yards away? Yeah, she said it was pretty close. It was pretty close, okay? So everything that I've seen has been two lights and way off in the distance. But what is it? Well, okay, so do you want the... I, I want to know, because the reality is we're going to go. Yes, we're, we're going totally to go. Anson. Yes, yeah. and we're going to investigate, and I think we have to look at all the angles of everything. Right. So apparently, the whole Anson Light story thing, it's not a ghost. It's been busted. Apparently, it's the highway headlights from Highway 277. No. Outside of Abilene. No, because Melissa said it's one light. That's what... It's that one light. That is the only thing that makes her story different than all the other Anson Lights, is that it's one light. Okay. Even the a report from 2001 from the Southwestern Ghost Hunters Association is also claiming that it's just headlights from 277. Well, we'll find out. We're going to find out. Well, but then I, I went further. Okay? Oh, you did? Let me just okay. tell you. Keep I went telling, all please. kinds of sciency on this. So then I started looking up, well, how far away is Highway 77? This There's a specific curve to Highway 77 that faces directly into the 17th Street, which is where you're supposed to turn your car around and flash the headlights. So the curve is like two miles away. Right. That's a pretty that's pretty far off. But you should be able to see lights from two miles away. That was my next thing. I'm like, so how far can we see headlights, right? <laughs> you really, I you really, really did. did. I'm so, so proud of you. So smart. So several different places had different mileage or whatever, and it varies from 10 miles to 40 miles is when oh, we can see headlights. Okay. Still, that doesn't explain the one light that Melissa saw. Well, we're going uh, in about a month. Yes. we we're, It's happening. We already scheduled. My sister sort of. wants to come. Oh, okay. She called me a heifer. She said, you're a heifer if you go without me. So yeah, like fighting words. Okay. Um, so we will find out and we're not going to be talking about the highway in the car. Like we're going to be telling creepy murdery stories. Of course. Yeah. And we'll, we'll film all of it to kind of get an idea. Yeah. And I want, I, I think for sure we need to film the beginning part where we flash the lights because oh, yeah. nobody's showing that. Oh, we're going to be super obnoxious with it. Yeah. We're going to film everything. Right. We'll do like and the, our reactions. Yeah. Of course. Facebook live yeah, garbage totally. and everything. So, Love it. Well, you got more than I did because I went back and did some research on the Queen Mary. Yeah. Because we talked to Mark Walters who had a crazy yeah he did nuts experience on the queen mary and it's really kind of sad because so many ghost hunters have gone and done investigations yeah on the queen mary that when you google ghost stories on the queen mary mm-hmm. all you get are like investigations um which is fine that's kind of weird though i, I would think there'd be more stories than investigations me too. me too and that's the thing is that now that's really what populates google are stories about ghost hunters going out and hunting for ghosts on the queen mary so you don't get awesome stories yeah. like Mark's. So that was a little disappointing. But one thing I did find uh, was an article from Forbes. And remember how Mark said the room across the hallway from mm-hmm. him was the most haunted place right. on the whole ship and that you could only get into it if you bought a ticket and did the ghost tour. Yeah. So now, according to Forbes, they are renting that room out for the night. Ooh. Yeah, because Queen Mary, they, they need some money. They're itching for business. Yeah. And <laughs> so boat repairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they are allowing people to spend the night in that room. I think Ooh. it's something like, it's, it's like $500. No way. Yeah, and it's a pretty junky room. I'm sorry. It's kind of small. Remember Mark's description? Yeah. You got like a little porthole. You know it's got to smell gross. I, I think everything seemed very sweaty on yeah, that boat. That's like, what no it felt good like. circulation of air, which mm-hmm. that is bothersome to begin with, which you know it stinks. Yeah. Like but, it smells like Chuck E. Cheese and dirty feet. But for 
$100, you can you have can- <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese, dirty feet, and a possible ghost coming and tickling your back. So I say worth it. That, yeah. So let's do it. Um, I actually have a special friend here today. Oh, yeah. My girlfriend, Dana. I always knew her as Dana Swanson. Now she's Dana Minettos. And um, she's in town. Come on over here, Dana. So she's going to, God, and forgive me, I have kombucha breath now. Same. Here, you can share the microphone with me. Dana is here because she is interviewing with American Airlines to be a flight attendant. Oh, that's Look exciting. Look at this beautiful face. Wouldn't you love to have her as your yes. flight attendant? Yes. Okay. Let me see how you deliver drinks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's totally doing a dance move with the She's cart. got it. She's got it. So, oh my God. We're, this is a podcast. They can't see you. They can't see you. She's doing like a funky like chicken thing. Yeah. Okay. So, but Dana said she had a Ouija board story that she oh wanted to share. So here, tell your story, Dana. Okay. My mom was all about the Ouija board and we had her Ouija board from when she was a child in the fifties and she would always play and she would say that things happened. I never really believed her. And then like when I was a young adult, she brought her Ouija board from her parents' house and her brother came and we all played together and she was cheating. I mean, she's cheap. You know it. You know it. She, yeah, she's a Ouija liar. Mm. So, I would be a Ouija liar, too. I'm not going to lie. It's fun, but I felt her push, you know, so whatever. So then I tell my good friend from high school, Steve, Steve Massacott, about it. And he is living at his friend's grandfather's house, and the grandfather just died. And he's like, hey, bring the Ouija board. There's a bunch of people in town. Let's Ouija together. So remember, there's a fresh death in the house. There's like... Well, and I have to say, Brad's grandpa's house was awesome, but it still had all of his furniture. Yes. Oh. All of his clothes, his paintings everywhere. So it's pretty much living in some guy's dream home from 1974. Right. Okay, continue. Exactly. And and Brad's aunt was there. And before we started, she asked, she said, circle us with the white light, protect us. And I'm thinking, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm ready to play Ouija. And I'm playing with strangers. And my mom starts playing with someone. And um, all her answers come out correctly. Because I know she knows how to push that thing. Mm -hmm. She made it work, right? The thing was, though, like, the Ouija moved so fast that we had to have a transcriber. Mm. I mean, it moves so fast. Like, it's not like a typewriter. It's like... That's weird. Yeah. Wait, when your mom was doing it or when you were... Well, when she was doing it, too. But then it was my turn. And I went with her friend, who I didn't know very well. I knew that she was a widow, but I never knew her husband. I never knew her husband's name. She said, I want to contact him. She and I start playing Ouija together. And she's not pushing, and I'm not pushing. I swear to you. No, for real. The thing took a turn on its own. It just glided and it moved. And she said, I want to contact my husband. Are you there? Real quick, the thing slid to yes. And then she said, if you're there, spell your name. And his name was Durante. Could I ever imagine the name Durante? I can't even spell Durante. (laughs) I didn't know that was someone's name. Yes. And then she starts asking questions and he's answering and she's crying and she's not pushing. I'm not pushing. And I'm getting kind of freaked out, but I'm thinking, oh my God. I mean, this is really happening, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a young person. I'm only in my 20s. I don't know many people who have died, but I did want to contact my cousin. He had taken his life after mental illness when he was young and in college. And I do the same thing. I contact him. He spells his name, Doug. I mean, just as quick as can be. I asked him pointed questions about our time together. And one of the things that was crazy is I said, what was the best time about last time we saw each other? And he wrote back, he writes, it's so quick. I can't even tell you. He wrote, it wasn't the car. It was seeing you. Now my mom lent us her sports car that she never did. Oh my God. 
Yes. Uh-huh. Wow. I know. I know. So I'm like getting chills. I can't believe this. But then like the Ouija starts moving really fast. Like, like it's crazy. Like it's all over the board. It's not spelling anything. It's just like whirling. And I said, are you okay? And real quick, it went to no. And then it starts whirling again. And I said, are you okay? And it went back to no. And I said, oh my God, Doug, where are you? And he wrote back without missing a beat as quick as can be. I am in hell. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. Uh, yeah. What'd you do? Did you keep I, talking? I, that I, it? I, uh, game over. We all took our hands off the Ouija and that was way too much. I, I know I didn't play, and I know she didn't play. I know that was real. Oh, my God. And I was done. Like, like I, never again. Never again. Oh, my never. gosh. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Dana. Ugh. I'm okay. dying right now. I'm okay. dying. Well, I did a pilot for a ghost hunting TV show years ago, and we had this psychic who would come with us. And I always kind of called BS on her because she, I feel like she was just making everything up. Yeah. But she always said, never mess with Ouija boards. And, uh, and she was like, I'll do anything, but I I won't touch a Ouija board because you don't really know who you're talking to. That and who knowing like the history of the Ouija board or whatever. So the fact that you would just say, "Oh, I'm playing Ouija," I'm like, "No, that's not a game that you play." Isn't it Mattel though? Isn't it like an actual? I, I think it is a game or from a game manufacturer. Be where it started from, Dana. That is an awesome story. And Thank if Mattel, if you made it, you're playing with fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look that Did up. They, I, I might totally be pulling that out of my backside. Maybe they summoned up a toy spirit yeah. <laughs> and that's why Mattel does so well with toys I don't know maybe maybe we're being waved uh, I uh, I looked it up and originally it was a trademark by uh, Parker Brothers uh, but they have since been bought out by Hasbro so Hasbro is now the owner of the Ouija board trademark so it's a thing yeah dude oh. okay if, if you have a Ouija board story you need to let us know we yeah. need more Ouija board stories I'm so d- I'm terrified of Ouija now for yeah. sure oh, like, I, I always I, thought it'd be fun hey let's do it the one time but now mm-mm, oh I no I, so. I won't have anything to to do with it, I but okay, g- give the email address. Uh, yes, please email us haunted uh, <laughs> haunted af podcast at gmail.com. We have someone on the phone. I'm actually a big fan of this guy. If you live in North Texas at all, you're familiar with Mac Ingle. Mm-hmm. He's a writer for the Fort Worth Star, Star Telegram. Yes. And uh, I reached out to him. We've actually been reaching out to every local celebrity that we know, right. asking for their ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And Mac was one of the few who said yes. So thank you so much for that, Mac. So now you got to tell us a really good ghost story, though. <laughs> no, no pressure. pressure. I, I just want to tell you, I didn't believe in this stuff until it happened. That's how it always starts. I, yeah. I didn't believe in it. I thought it was figments of overactive imaginations. I, I would hear these stories and watch, you know, ghost stories on AMC or some, you know, 25-minute TV show. And like, this is ridiculous. The person's crazy. They're on opioids. You're on alcohol, whatever it is. <laughs> and, then, and then we moved into a new house that uh, had been occupied by uh, some senior citizens who had kept the house. This was back in 2013. And I remember the very first night... I was asleep in the house and I could have sworn someone was in the house. It's me, my wife, and my daughter. I could have sworn I heard something. My wife says, why'd you get up in the middle? And I said, I could have sworn I heard somebody was in this house. What, did it just sound like like walking around or? Just noise. Okay. Just, and sometimes everybody has that sort of sense that they can 
feel mm-hmm. something that is behind them or that is there or they can just something that isn't right. Mm-hmm. And I totally, hairs. well, I, I discounted it because I thought, okay, this is the first night in a new house. You're not accustomed to the sounds and the noise because all houses of any, of any age kind of breathe and talk and they're on, they have their own little creaks. Anyways, I didn't, Julie, I didn't give it any mind. Sure. I was like, okay, that's kind of odd. So then I've got two of these, two or three of these happened, and they would happen in about three-month increments, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to think I'm crazy. No. You're absolutely going to think I'm crazy. Okay, so maybe a little. Maybe a little. Everybody, okay, so everybody <laughs> uh, knows, every parent who spends enough time around their children knows the sound of their child's voice when they say mom or dad. Yes. Even in a crowded room of kindergartners or first graders, they can always distinguish their kid when they say mommy or daddy. Yes. So my wife is out of town. I'm asleep and my daughter is down the hall and around the corner in her bedroom. Okay. The door is closed. I can swear God, I can hear the sound of a child Mm. back and to my right, which would be in the yard. And I can hear a child say dad with a question mark. And it is not my kid. Did you look out the window? Was there a lost kid out there? I said, that's exactly, so first of all, I'm scared half to death. Sure. I don't know what to do. So I go down the hall, open the door. My daughter is sound asleep. Wow. Now I'm spooked. So now I open the door and I look in the backyard, nothing. Now I thought, well, there is a little boy, uh, who a family that lives behind us. And I thought maybe it was him. I call the, the neighbor and I call the dad. I said, hey, by any chance, was Klein awake last night? And he said, no, why? I said, I, I just thought I heard something. No, never mind. Again, I don't give it any much mind. A few months later, my wife is out of town again. Just me and my daughter, uh, and she's down in her bedroom. I hear a noise. I don't know what that noise is, but I hear something. I go down the hall. My daughter is awake. I said, honey, what's wrong? She said, I had a bad dream. And I said, what? She said, I, I was dreaming I got stung by a bee. Well, that's odd. So at this point, I'm scared to death. Right. Uh, 43. And I said, honey, I said, are you scared? Do you want to sleep in, with dad? And Because and, and, dad's know, scared dad. and I would appreciate point, Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. so scared. I'd rather her sleep because I'm terrified. Yeah. I'm like, it's not the dog. So that one again, I'm like, this is so weird. So this next one, there's two more that I've got. Okay. Every married couple has thermostat wars, right? Yes. Uh. So in the house is an old school thermostat, the one with the knob that you turned. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I woke up one morning. It was in the late spring. So it was starting to get warm. And I wake up and I'm like, holy cow, it is freezing in this house. My wife has never touched a thermostat ever. So I wake up and I'm like, man, it is freezing. So I look at her that you must have gotten really hot last night. You turned down the air. She said, what are you talking about? And I said, when I went to see the thermostat, it was at 66. I would never, ever, I'm too cheap. I would never turn the thermostat to 66 degrees ever. So I looked at her and I said, you really didn't touch the thermostat. She said, no, I've never touched the thermostat. You know that. You're sure it wasn't your daughter. That's a good question. Next part. Uh, She wakes up and I said, hey, honey, come here for a second. Reach up and see if you can touch that. <gasps> she can't touch it. Oh, my goodness. Okay, this is weird because and I we always have like kind of weird little on and off things happening in my house. Mm. And one of the things is that the girls, the AC heating unit yeah. in their hallway resets to 66 all the time. All the time. All the oh time. We've been goodness. living in that house for years and we have gone in and adjusted all of the settings and everything. So it shouldn't be resetting to 66. When you just said that, I was yeah. like. Yeah. Wow, that's because every time I see it, 
I'm like, girls, why are you setting this so low? And they say, we didn't touch it. We That's didn't go there. That's the paranormal temperature. That's oh, why. is that what it is? Apparently. Right. 66. Well, and the, the odd thing about that is, at least with the one that I'm talking about, you had to physically move the dial. You right. would have to turn it counterclockwise to set it at 66. There was one more. And like I said, about every three months, this would happen. You know, I, I kind of got in a routine. I said, okay, what, what's coming? So this last one, I get up uh, in the middle of the night, can't sleep, and I go to the couch and the TV's on and it's nothing but white static. In the moment, I'm like, okay, probably my wife forgot to turn off the TV. You know, she probably, yeah. she turned off the direct TV, but she forgot to turn off the actual TV itself. Wait, though, so what year think, was it? Pardon? What year was this? Not that long ago. So they don't, uh, there's no white there's static no white anymore. static on anything anymore. There is no where I mean, it it's like, to static at, at midnight. Yeah, like it's impossible to find white static now. It usually no, is no, like no. a blue what screen I'm or something. Is, uh, you remember the, polter, remember the poltergeist screen? Yes, that's, yes, that's what that's we're saying. They're here screen, yeah. right? This, is, this was the poltergeist screen. That, Swear to God. But I'm not making it up. That's Direct the thing. TV wasn't on. If you don't have it on the right setting, you get white static. You get the they're here screen. So that's what it was. So I turned it off. I didn't think of it. I really didn't. So then uh, I go back to bed. I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. And that screen is still on. Oh, my God. I swear, God, no. I swear to God. I had turned it off and I thought, okay, maybe the remote control got stuck between a cushion and no. the arm no. of a I go find the remotes. The remotes are sitting there on the coffee table. Nothing is pressing them. There's no pressure on them. The TV is back on. I asked my wife, I said, did you get up in the middle of the night? She said, no. My daughter, no, she's out. So I take my daughter to school. Mm. I come back home to get ready for my day. Oh, my god! Walk gosh. in the door. The TV is on again. No! <laughs> get out. Get out now. And it's the white noise again? White noise again. Oh, my god! I wish. I wish I could tell you I was addicted to Oxycontin, hydrocodone, <laughs> some kind of narcotic. None of those things are true. Oh Everything God. I just told you is true. I'll say this. I have had nothing happen in about 18 months. And I, I don't know why. I can't explain any of it. But everything I just told you happened. So it kind wow. of it kind of escalated there at the end with the TV set and then just yeah. stopped. The, the one where I heard the kid's voice in the middle of the night yeah. freaked me out. Well, yeah, because kids are great and kids' voices are I adorable know. until they're disembodied and coming from your backyard, but there's no kid out there right. at two o'clock in the morning. Right. I just, I can't, I still can't fathom. I, I called an AC guy after the, the, thing with the air conditioner happened. I called a friend of a friend and I said, I got a weird question to ask you. And he just kind of laughed. He said, somebody would have had to turn that knob. The problem is you when, when I when I have shared this story these stories you run the risk of sounding crazy. Well, yeah. I always have to preface anytime I tell this I don't believe in it. I think it's nonsense. It's garbage. You know, I always <laughs> poo poo all of it. Well, why? Like, why? Okay, when it, it, but this happened. But notice, like, there's like a reoccurring theme amongst the men who come on this podcast is that not all of them beforehand are like I don't believe in anything, but this one time, yeah. I had this incident happen. Right. Like, why would you lie about this? Why would yeah. Mark lie about what happened to him on the Queen Mary? Exactly. Why would anybody lie about these stories? But you that's, wouldn't. Yeah, that's always... Because it's so crazy. Right. It's And you do. You feel like you have to explain yeah. yourself when you tell the stories. Mm -hmm. But no, we believe you. I totally believe... I believe every well, single story you. we've heard on this podcast. Same here. It had, didn't even occur to me to like, okay, maybe Lucky was having a fever dream. Yeah, with when the he was, one ghost. Yeah, when he was fighting the yeah. green ghost. Like, but maybe... But then he's got the other one where he's a little older and she's 
like dancing in the front yard. Yeah. I, that one seems a little more legit. Yeah. But Mac, we, we believe your story and uh, yeah. God, you have to let us know if anything else happens. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm glad that it's ended. It sounds yeah, like too. you're done with whatever was going on there. That's just it. When you reached out to me and said, do you have any? I thought, yeah, I do. They just, it had, nothing's happened in a long time. Next time it happens, I'm burning the house down. Might make an insurance claim and I'm moving to a condo. That's my ghostly advice to everyone. Just burn it down. Just burn it down. <laughs> Get out and burn it down. <laughs> All right, Mac. Done thank done. thank, thank you. you. Okay. Bye. Bye. So Rebecca has been telling me uh, about a friend of hers. And in fact, we've been talking about getting this guy on the air forever. Right. His name's Justin. Hi, Justin. Hello. And we actually met, uh, we were radio interns together. And I have to just, I have to mention this because it's so funny to me because he's so not this person. Um, His nickname, his radio nickname that they gave him was MDK, which stands for Murder, Death, Kill. (laughs) Wow. How did you get this nickname? I guess my appearance to these new radio people that didn't know me, they... I guess they imagine I look scary and just a little I got that nickname day one. <laughs> just a little. Wouldn't it be murder, kill, death? Like, would it end with yeah. death? So they did it wrong. Well, it was, a re- it, was, it was a reference to Demolition Man, which is the uh, the police code for a murder in whatever time Demolition Man was set in. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so since we have murder, death, kill on the phone, it would be appropriate that he tell us his ghost story because apparently some weird things have been happening at his house. So we, we purchased our home back in 2016 and we purchased it from a widow. Uh, we didn't know anything about the, the husband's past or anything, but we purchased a home. Uh, we were at a party for one of my wife's friends, and coincidentally, the neighbor from across the street was at the house with some other friends. And one of the people hanging out with them came over and said, you're in the blood house? So this started <laughs> this started to get our... Um, he get us wondering what what he meant by that. So um, the neighbor comes over and he starts telling us the story of um, the husband who owned the home with the with the wife. He actually died in the kitchen of the house we purchased. Um, this is not something we learned from the seller, but apparently there was a he bumped his head and there's a lot of blood everywhere. And so uh, I guess the story got around within their group of friends and our home was referred to as the blood house. That's already rough. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you first move in and you find out that somebody's died there. Did and they have to tell you that somebody's died there, by I the way? I thought they were supposed to. And that's hard to cross-stitch on anything. Welcome yeah. to our blood house. Well, I looked yeah. that up and apparently unless the person died based on some sort of safety issue caused by the home, it doesn't have to be disclosed. That's really? I, learned after I did not know that. And as far as I can tell, that's what I learned from Texas. So maybe different in other places, but for Texas, that seems to be how it goes. So after this, we're kind of wondering, is our house haunted? And um, some weird experiences that have occurred are my wife says that she woke up in the middle of the night, just straight up woke up, was trying to grasp, um, catch her breath. And then she, what she noticed was a shadow moving up the wall. Mm. I slept through all this, so I didn't experience it myself. Typical man. But she did mm-hmm. wake, she, she did wake me up uh, a little concerned and I just asked what was going on and uh, she explained it and I did not see anything to um, give me an experience like that. Unless I've become terrible at leaving my closet light on, uh, <laughs> something leaves my or is turning on my closet light, mm. and I believe I use a closet that the uh, the gentleman who died in the home used. And then um, I guess that what really got me involved in this this story here with you ladies is uh, I have a one of the doorbell cameras, and I got a notification one day that there was some activity, and I go and look at what activity was detected, and I find what some people would call orbs or an orb. Uh, uh, slowly moving up within frame of the camera. And then about 12 minutes later, the same orb-looking thing starts descending down through the frame of the camera. That is fantastic. And 
Nick. Wait, this isn't the first time that's happened. It's happened a couple of times, right? Well, that was the first time I noticed it. And what led into this is that my friend died in January of this year. And we were prepping our house to have a celebration of life party for him. And so I noticed this thing that some might call an orb. And I posted it on Facebook just saying, hey, my doorbell camera caught this weird thing. And one of our mutual friends hit me up on IM and said, that's our friend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you think it is your friend? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have this theory that ghosts can't be caught on camera. So I don't know if it's him. Well, what's but your theory? Now I, I have I, to know. <laughs> the, the theory is that, so I, I used to watch all the, and then still occasionally do watch a lot of the ghost hunting shows. Um, watched uh, Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi with the Plumber Guys and watched a lot of um, ghost adventures. And I was never convinced by any of the footage they captured of what they claimed were ghosts. Mm -hmm. I started wondering, like, they spend all this time in these places with all this equipment and they've never captured anything that convinces me that they've caught a ghost on camera. And so my thought was that I think people may see ghosts. Um, I guess one of the theories is that ghosts are energy. And so maybe this energy is affecting people's brainwaves or something. So that's why they're able to see something, but it's not able to be captured by any other sort of tools or equipment. Can we share that video on Facebook? Oh, certainly. And it was interesting that the first time I noticed anything like that on the camera, the camera picked it up, was just a few days before this party we were going to have for my friend. So some may think it may be the person who died in the home. Some think it's maybe my friend coming to visit the house to make sure that things were in order for the party. And my uncle even said maybe it was my grandfather coming to check on the garage that I've been building and been using some tools from him. Oh, um, that would yeah, be really help. sweet that if is it sweet. was your granddad. Yeah. One of these days we need to do like just a special episode when we have like, when yes. we don't mind smearing our makeup and right. crying through the whole thing because you always hear these stories about special things happening after someone passes away. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, we could do like, geez, I don't know, a whole year on stuff like that. But thank you so much for sharing your story, Justin. Certainly. I think that we've probably gotten more stories like that about yes. right after someone passes away, something happening. Right. And uh, I feel like at some point we're just going to have to do a whole hep episode Agreed, around that. Because we get so many of those. And I'm like, don't get me wrong. I love the sweet ones for mm -hmm. sure, but I want those scary ones. I like the scary ones. I want like, I want scratches on people yeah. like, and stuff like that. And it's funny because <laughs> the longer we do this, the harder it is to scare me. Are you having that? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Because totally. we've heard some really chilling stuff. And like, I'm hard to scare anyway. Yeah. Because I love horror movies and all that kind of stuff so yeah I, I am the longer we do this the the less scared i am okay i think <laughs> so that's our problem that's our problem <laughs> that's not the storyteller's problem <laughs> uh, but i can't wait to hear what you think about this next one so we're always telling everybody to send the voice memo messages yes. and we got one from carrie in hawaii and i can't wait to hear what you say about this so here's carrie so this story is a story that my dad used to tell me when we were little and we were sitting around a campfire. Now, the validity of this story is important because his dad died when he was super young and they were raised in like a really, really religious family, like strong, harder family who can be no wrong and stuff like that. So he was always watched by this young babysitter and one day she didn't show up to come get him or something and so his dad and him went over to her house. They knocked on the door. She didn't answer. The dad noticed that the door was unlocked. So when he went to open the door, my dad being like five-ish ran to the toy closet where all of the toys were that he used to play with. In there was a doll and that doll was standing up, you know, like they used to do because dolls are super freaking creepy and its eyes were closed and then it opened and it like 
took a step out of the closet, my dad being five, like turned around and hightailed it. And the thing was like walking after him. And it was like, Roy, Roy, which is my dad's name. And my grandpa apparently saw this, picked it up and hightailed it. Later, they, okay, they come to find out that she, I guess, was like practicing demonic possession. So perhaps the doll was possessed demonically is what they're getting at. It was pretty creepy. And my dad still to this day, my mom collects antiques and he refuses to let her have like dolls in her house at all. Ah, uh, you think? <laughs> you think? Wait, Roy, okay. Roy. Roy. When I was little, we used to go visit my grandma in Arkansas. My mom and my Aunt Betty had these life-size dolls. No, that is life just wrong. Life-size dolls. And I think that they would walk I, I'm maybe I'm remembering that wrong, but my sister and my cousins would always pull those nasty things out of the the no. attic just to terrify. <laughs> yes, and it was always like at first they were trying to scare the littler kids, but then they would scare themselves. Yeah, and so I'm wondering if that's what she had. If she had one of those giant life size dolls, and that's what came out of the closet. Right, right. but it was talking. It was talking. <laughs> I, I love that story and the whole demonic possession I thing. I know. Oh, my gosh. Dude. That's, oh, my gosh. But see, okay, look, that's another example of one of our voice memo stories. I know. That is amazing and awesome. And now I've got to go find some awesome doll stories to go with it. Will you do that? Will I you do am. The research I'm going to do the those? research on that. And of course, I'm not going to go with just straight up Annabelle. Everybody knows Annabelle because no, of the movie. I'm no. going to get something like super duper. I want other real haunted doll Me stories. Because that's awful. I know. That's some nasty mm-hmm. stuff. So, okay, give the email address. Oh, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Please, please, please email us your stories, voice memos, or yeah. we'll call you, you know? Okay, so we'll <laughs> deal with that next time. We'll talk Definitely. more about the haunted doll stories. Um, We've got a really cool story from a guy named Nate who heard this kind of alien sound. Ooh. And so we're going to talk to him, but I've done some follow-up research on this story, and I have found some crazy stuff. So I know we're not like a UFO podcast, but I'm like, this is a creepy story we need to talk about. Well, it. and this is one of our buddies from, uh, he's another podcaster. Yes. This is, um, what is this podcast called? Big Fat Geek Podcast. I hope that's it. Because if I'm not, positive I'm going to feel like a real jerk for calling him I, a Big Fat Geek. We have to give geek. him a shout out. Yeah, so that's like, Nate. So yeah. he's going to be on the next podcast. Plus, we have legendary journalist, one of my favorite people, Gloria Compost, coming on to uh, share a ghost story. A really, really good one. For those who listen who are not from DFW, she is like an icon, a news icon yes. here in the Metroplex. Legendary newswoman. So yes. she's going to be on with us, Will. That's how you know it's legit. That's how she's legit. legit. It's the real thing. Yes. So that's coming up on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever your favorite platform is. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Instagram. Did you like what I said? Twitter? 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 <laughs> Thanks to our board, I'm Ziggy Becker, and to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song, and also to On Air Media for their titles and technical support. And, of course, we got to thank you for listening to Haunted AF. By the way, Julie, if I die first... Coming back to haunt you, baby. Oh, <laughs> I'll come back and haunt you too, Rebecca. Ah!